Your Newcastle. Welcome to Your Newcastle podcast. Today, we're on our bike. We're talking all things cycleways in the city of Newcastle. And I'm joined by co-host, Councillor John McKenzie, who also chairs our Cycleways Committee, as well as Sam Reich, the President of Newcastle Cycleways Movement. Welcome. Thanks for having us. It's wonderful to be able to talk about cycleways here in our podcast in a little bit more detail and our aspirations for a cycling safe city here in Newcastle. Retrofitting that infrastructure, as John would know, is no easy task. An older city like Newcastle that sort of shifted over to the cars mid last century, shifting back to pedestrians and cyclists is quite a lot of not just behaviour change, but also investment in infrastructure. We've had some good wins lately, particularly with some state government funding, with some trial cycleways in Hunter Street. We've had a good cycleway start that connect the beach right through to the city centre. John, you have been championing cycleways during your time on council. Tell us a little bit about your vision for Newcastle. Look, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed in terms of the the change in which cycleways have been approached is it's gone from being a kind of a, a focus on recreation uh, and and sort of the the park sort of based into a genuine transport option, and so that's changed not just the way that it's approached, but the the way that it's prioritised in terms of public works. So we're not thinking about doing sort of looping pathways through through parks. We're thinking how do we make sure that we deliver genuine cycleways that can allow people whether you're 8 or 80 to get to destinations in the city safely and you can take advantage of all of the opportunities that come from uh, quality cycleways reduce cars better health better uh, less congestion less parking stress and at the same time deliver genuine improvements right across the city yeah i've had the pleasure of working together with you and a lot of other councillors and our staff really trying to make sure that that culture is embedded in how we address and promote cycling as a genuine option for you as a private individual when you're not being a councillor on the city of newcastle we always have a nice running joke about the size of your bike but in reality it's exceptionally practical it's got a big rack on the back you can carry things you put children on it I mean that bike does a lot of things John I'm quite thrilled with my bike actually over a long period of time it has been very versatile I I have a uh, a cargo bike an uber cargo bike which has done all of those things it's allowed me to to transport my kids it's allowed me to basically for for uh, most of the activities that i need transport for on a day-to-day basis i can substitute what would otherwise have needed a car and that has just led to quality of life improvements if 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 nothing else do you mean for a health perspective for your from yourself yeah from from a health perspective but also just you know time management and um you know satisfaction and and you know i I live very close to the Throsby Creek uh, cycleway. So I've got an unbroken run, more or less from home, right into the heart of the city, into the beach. And that is a magnificent cycleway. It is a real pleasure uh, when I get up early in the mornings and and ride along there, alongside the the creek and then out to the the ocean baths or or these sorts of places. The cycleway is of such a high quality and, and such a such a beautiful ride that it actually just it just relieves all of the stress that I might have otherwise had, you know, on an on an early morning ride. It's the positive ions from the salt air as well, I think, <laughs> and being able to immerse yourself in them. Sam, you have really cycled around the world and would have not only some expertise uh, from your career, but also in your retirement, know what is best practice literally from using 
almost every cycleway around the world. We're not necessarily interested in converting Newcastle to be a, a different place. What we are do, wanting to do is to improve the culture of cycling in Newcastle so that bike riders are accepted and they're uh, riding in a safe and amenable environment. Um, and that goes for uh, pedestrians as well. We find what is safe for uh, for bike riders is often safe for pedestrians as well, although what we're looking for is separation between the two. Often the speed differential between bikes and pedestrians is greater, relatively speaking, than the speed differential between cars and bikes. So we really do need to have separated uh, pathways for each. One of the things that, that I've noticed is those co-benefits. So in some of the new cycleways that we've installed, I'm seeing a lot more use by um, other forms of active transport, but also people with mobility support vehicles as well, and electric scooters, which are becoming more and more popular. So there's a much broader set of benefits that are accumulated by the community when you get those cycleways that are separated and destination focused. Shared paths are fine for recreational cycling or touring uh, around and relaxation cycling, but COVID increase in people using our our, uh, shared paths has meant that uh, they're they're not really an appropriate um, uh, solution for utility cycling where you're wanting to get to a destination uh, quickly. The differential between a pedestrian and a cyclist in many cases is greater than the differential at speed between a motor vehicle and a cyclist. And that can be dangerous. It's certainly, while there aren't too many examples of pedestrians uh, uh, getting injured, there are some. And it's certainly a source of some angst and aggravation in the community when the path becomes too crowded. The recent uh, trial of separated on-road cycleways, which we call Copenhagen-style lanes because uh, they've made, been popularized there, where uh, the cycle lane is between the parked cars and the, and the curb, appropriately spaced so that the passenger side door doesn't interfere with the cycleway. We're very positive about that experience. We didn't lose any parking. We're hopeful that that's the the standard now that we'll be able to roll out for the the trunk routes of, uh, of the cycling network in Newcastle. What's happening in your Newcastle? Subscribe to our mailing list at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. You raise a good point and an important point around the, the COVID and the lockdown. And this one precious hour of um, exercise that people were, were permitted in the in the local area. And I don't know about you or whether that's reflected in your group's uh, membership or interest, but certainly I uh, anecdotally saw a lot more people out and about on the cycleways and on their bikes, bikes with sort of, you know, cobwebs in the spokes and, you know, that have been dusted off. Yes, um, and, and also a, a, a huge increase in sales of bicycles. Mm. Have you noticed in your membership and, and, and with, with the the community groups around cycling that there's been that's led to sort of renewed interest or changes in demands or well absolutely there has been an increase in in bicycles on the street mm-hmm. it has led to some increase in our in our membership of course uh, we haven't been able to meet as a as a group uh, club very often in the last 18 months because of the physical restrictions but people are riding more more people are riding and because of that more people are interested in the city delivering safe solutions for riding so very much so uh, uh, and and the fact that there are more pedestrians you know we were for many months both in 2020 and in 21 we were forced to work from home 
And so people were taking their breaks by walking down to the beach or uh, to town or in their local areas, cycling, not just for exercise, but for getting around. Once, once they were freed from having to make their way to the office every morning, they found a lot more ways to leave the car at home, which is a good thing. Mm. I do think that there's a little bit of a tale of two cities in some ways for, for that period. And it really showed up when, you know, there's the people in the city who took those opportunities and they found the cycleways, you know, that were there that they didn't realise were in place and took advantage of that and, and rediscovered cycling and, and you know, the, the, the opportunities that come with sort of having separated cycleways and safety. But there are a number of, and this is reflected in people sort of contacting me as a counsellor, a number of people that identified that there were gaps you know, that they, they started out on a cycleway and there were, um, you know, it, it came to a dead end or it didn't connect up or there were issues, particularly where had cycleway on one side, a particularly difficult or unsafe section and a cycleway on the other. And I think that's really highlighted just how important it is to get that continuity and connectivity between our cycleways. Can I ask where do you think the, the priorities are in terms of addressing some of those gaps in the larger cycleway network? I think we probably don't have enough time to talk about individual projects, but I absolutely can concur. Uh, if you recall, connectivity, as I mentioned to you earlier, connectivity was uh, one of the most common themes that was expressed by the community in the during the consultation for the community strategic plan, uh, Better Together 2030. And so it was very clear that the community wanted a safer pedestrian and cycling infrastructure and that uh, the community felt that what was there was good up to a point, but often it does lead to a dangerous place. And the city, I have to say, over the last uh, 10 or 15 years really has done a lot to try and address us. Still, There are still many, many places where we have more to do. As you know, we're involved in the cycling strategy working party uh, that the uh, Lord Mayor referred to. We are working collaboratively with council to identify those uh, points and to try and uh, come up with solutions or bypasses uh, so that the uh, so that people have a, a safe and as direct as possible route to, to follow. One of the things that we've recently seen is the feasibility study for Mayfield, which is one of those areas where I guess it's the, one of the missing links. And we've got good cycleways, you know, from Islington Park uh, through to the through to the city, and then sort of connectivity from there through to uh, the showgrounds, and then from there you can get to as far as Walls End and and to to Blackbutt as various other sort of opportunities. Where do you see the opportunities in Mayfield for that? next phase of cycleway expansion? Mayfield is an issue because uh, this, there, there generally are no through streets uh, in Mayfield uh, east-west. Uh, although it's a quiet suburb on those streets, because there aren't any through streets, it also makes it a little bit difficult to, to nominate a particular route that's best. I ride through Mayfield weekly east-west with a, a group of riders, and uh, we start out at the stadium, we go up to the university and down through Warbrook and, and, uh, and then through Mayfield, and we can have 30 members on a ride. It's a social ride but they're reasonably fit adults and when we come to Mayfield often the group splits up into various groups smaller groups just because everyone's got a different idea of how to ride through Mayfield Mm -hmm. however one of the key aspects uh, that that we think can be made uh, the main street of Mayfield is Maitland Road and if we can extend the Copenhagen style cycleways idea right out past Wickham Park which is the current West End Stage 2 streetscape plan uh, right out to Islington and Mayfield, we feel that what then connects will be feeder routes from Mayfield uh, to that uh, trunk road. That's a, that's a very major commuting 
route into Newcastle generally for private motor vehicles and for uh, public transport. And we think that it, uh, it will be well served by having a cycleway. Also, the local businesses, of course, uh, are always going to uh, benefit from improved access for uh, walkers and cyclists. Mm. Yeah, there's quite a, a body of evidence now that, that shows that um, access to cycleways for, for business just increases the amount of traffic you know, in terms of customers and, and, and movement. And also that has that benefit, that flow-on benefit for property prices as well, that people want to be near cycleways. And Very much actually- so. And, the, and uh, these these things are well-documented. People who arrive on foot or, uh, or on, on a bicycle tend to stay longer in a shop. Often they spend more money. Uh, they come back more frequently if, uh, if it's amenable. If it's, a, if it's a nice place to go, why wouldn't you come back? And a nice place means quieter, cleaner, shaded, without the danger of, uh, of fast-moving traffic uh, to worry about. And you're right, then it does reflect uh, uh, on uh, the uh, equity value of, uh, of properties, as was shown even, uh, for instance, on Burke Street in Sydney when they installed Burke Street Cycleway, which is an on-road separated bi-directional path. The property prices uh, went up right along that street. So uh, uh, there are other well-documented cases around the world where that where that happens. It is definitely a win-win uh, scenario, but it does take some investment and bringing the community along on the journey because mm. it, it does result in some change traffic conditions and some change behaviour patterns. Feeling social? Follow City of Newcastle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. So we've talked about some of those exciting projects about connecting up Mayfield and, and you mentioned extending the, the current trial to, to Wickham Park and beyond, getting that sort of West End Stage 2. But it'd be remiss of me not to talk about a project that I think we both have indicated some support for, which is the Richmond Vale Rail Trail and the opportunities associated with that. I know you've got a fair bit of experience both sort of locally but across the state in the, the conversion of these old disused rail trails into cycleways and i have to say richmond the richmond vale one is full of promise at this stage oh absolutely i'm on the uh, the, the board of the uh, of rail trails australia which is the national organization that promotes the development of rail trails right around the country of course new south wales has been slow in the uptake of uh, rail trails because of legislative requirements around the closing of publicly owned uh, railway corridors, many of which haven't been used in, in decades. I've ridden rail trails around the world, but my, my passion is, uh, is cycle touring. Um, so around town, I use my bike as often as I can because it saves me money and it's healthy and, and it, it's fun. I take my holidays, my wife and I take our holidays on our bikes, sometimes overseas, uh, many times in, in Australia. Uh, Victor Victoria has got a great collection of, uh, of rail trails. They're probably the leader in the country in converting old railway lines into uh, trails. What's unique and attractive about Richmond Vale is that it's got great uh, heritage value. Maybe people don't know that the Richmond Vale Railway was the last commercially operating steam train in Australia, hauling coal from the from the mines to the to the west. It's also got great uh, uh, environmental credits. It's a beautiful part of the world and and uh, and it's short enough to ride in a day and uh, the concept being that besides the locals commuting back and forth between curry and and maitland uh, and Cessnock, even to, to newcastle and using various sections of that track uh, if not the whole thing if you're a tourist and you start in newcastle right out to the to uh, curry you will eventually be able to ride all the way to pacolban and the vineyards stay overnight come back the next day or 
few days later, the concept will be extended and, and has actually been adopted by the Department of Transport in their um, Greater Newcastle Future Transport Strategy uh, 2056, which took the concept that we introduced of a cycle-safe network in the metropolitan area, uh, Newcastle and uh, northern part of Lake Macquarie, and extended it to what they call the Greater Newcastle region, which includes Maitland and Port Stephens and and, uh, and Lake Macquarie, and that becomes a, a regional cycleways cycling network, which will actually be uh, of global. Uh, significance and there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of of cycling tourists like myself that will go anywhere in the world where they will uh, be able to see great scenery, ride safely, experience great food and and uh, and beverages, and um, meet the locals from a different uh, culture. Uh, it's a great way to travel. I do often think about the sort of the build it and they will come approach to, to cycleways you know I recall that there was uh, a quote that, that sticks in my mind which was you know assessing the importance of cycleways based on current use would be like deciding whether we should have the Sydney Harbour Bridge based on how many people were swimming across the river before it was built and I certainly think that we've seen where we have had those separated safe cycleways where they've connected destinations to destinations it actually has massively increased the demand and people that otherwise wouldn't have considered using cycle bikes or, or other forms of active transport are now take, taking it up. And so the, the, the evidence of what happens when you start to prioritise the cycleway investment really shows how it actually creates its own demand and that's reflected i think in as you say the greater newcastle traffic management uh, the greater newcastle transport strategy um, which really saw not just the uptake of cycling for sort of short distances although there was definitely an opportunity there but the number of journey to work and the number of you know commuter based as 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 we said at the beginning that genuinely genuine transport alternative starting to take hold in the community. That's right. Uh, and it comes down to alternatives. If we build an environment, if we build a, a city or a, or a community where we give no alternatives but for people to jump in a car and go anywhere, if there's no public transport, no footpaths, people won't walk. If there's no public transport to speak of, then, then people won't use it and they'll be confined to using their cars and then they get to, used to the idea that uh, the car is, is the only option. We're about giving people options and we find that where we do give people options, as you say, if you deliver a network of pathways that are safe, that are pleasant to use and that are direct to your destination, then you will want to do it because it's cheaper, it's cleaner, it's healthier, it's more fun. You'll achieve the same objectives. You'll take your car less frequently. And we all know that in our world of growing population and our various pollution issues, our climate change issues, we can't simply keep building to accommodate those single-user private vehicles forever. We, we do need to find alternatives. And that includes building up a public transportation system, which I think is, uh, is lacking in, in many respects in this region. Discovering your Newcastle is easy. Download the City of Newcastle app to keep up to date with what's happening in your city. One of the great things about cycleways is that it can't be done in isolation. You need to have community involvement to understand where people are travelling, what routes they're taking, where there's gaps in the network or where there's opportunities for, for really understanding what people's priorities are for new cycleways. And I think we've done a, a reasonable job through the Newcastle Cycleways movement and particularly in the, in the development of the Safe Cycleway Network. 
in identifying and involving the community and having a say about how we move forward in creating what you, what you describe as, you know, certainly a nationally significant cycleway network, if not, you know, one of one of the more remarkable ones on a global scale, potentially, if we can see that cycleway delivered. How are some of the ways that people can get involved with the cycleways movement and what are some of the, the opportunities that, that are there? In terms of how they can get involved with us, uh, we're easy to find on, on Facebook. And if you Google us, you'll find our, our website and you can you can contact us there. We have a, we have a monthly meeting and other communications uh, and we do try and involve the community as much as possible. We are a small committee, but we want to get larger. So by all means, we encourage people to, uh, to come and join us. In terms of getting the community involvement taking the community on the on the journey you're absolutely right it uh, it's essential uh, and and often many people will absolutely agree with the concepts that we're talking about they want a community that's better connected for pedestrians and cyclists and they want a richer environment for for those sorts of amenities but when then you start to talk about the individual projects people have their own views and ideas and and they need to be uh, consulted uh, and people's uh, interests as much as possible need to be accommodated within the framework of what the the community uh, strategic plan has enunciated. This is what the community wants. Now, how do we best achieve it without disadvantaging anyone or without with the least disadvantage to people? And also explain to people that what initially might be perceived as a disadvantage or, or a uh, uh, an impediment uh, actually uh, can be managed and, and actually in, in many ways is beneficial. For instance, parking is a hot button issue in Newcastle and uh, a cycleway investment is often seen in the context of how many car parks does it remove, and often it, it doesn't remove any, but even if it does, if it results in fewer people taking their cars, well, that removes the demand for car parking spaces, and that needs to be taken into account as well. Sam, thanks for everything that you've done in relation to the, the Cycleways Advisory Group and, and, and your organisation as well. I've been absolutely delighted with the, the accomplishments of the Cycleways Advisory Group over the last sort of four years. And I think we've, as we as we said, we've made some really important progress on changing thinking and even maybe, I, I dare say, even the culture around Cycleways, thinking about it in a different kind of way and starting to put the actual the rubber on the road, I guess, in terms of delivering those cycleways uh, in the different parts of the city. And certainly, I think there's there's still work to be done in terms of finishing that, that network and filling in some of those gaps. But we're well on the way to, to delivering a fairly comprehensive, connected and, and integrated cycling solution that'll just benefit the city for generations to come. Well, likewise, uh, we really appreciate your uh, chairmanship of that committee, and I hope that you continue in that role. My take on life is to leave it better than when you found it. My take on the community is to try and pr- improve things for everyone, not just for me, to the best of our ability. That's 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 how you live a, a full life and a, and a, and a a productive life. I follow my passions. This is where I think I can make a contribution. And I think a lot of my friends have got great ideas along similar lines. I'm very glad to see that the uh, that the city has moved leaps and bounds towards our, our vision because it means that our kids and our grandkids are going to have a, a better environment to within which to, to live. One thing that we didn't touch on, which I'd like to just bring up, is the resourcing of council to achieve these objectives. It's improved. The council has gotten uh, a lot more ambitious about delivering on these items than it has been in the past. Um, and I urge uh, council to uh, to invest properly in the uh, in the planning and the delivery mechanisms so that we, uh, so that budgets can be achieved and that we can get the outcomes that the community expects. Thanks for your time today, Sam. 
That's your Newcastle. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen. 